Hello out there in the realms of the living. Welcome to Thrones of Game, the Game of Thrones podcast that watches the series backwards. If you've never heard this... Fuck, why did I always get this wrong? <laughs> if you've never heard the show before, well, let me explain there, friend. My name is BT Calloway. I've already seen the entire show. And joining me is Elliot J. O'Neill, who had never seen a single episode of Game of Thrones until we started watching in reverse order. Elliot, how are you? I am wowed. Wowed. That's mm. a good way to be. All right. Well, we just watched season four, episode nine, entitled The Watchers on the Wall. Was this the reason you were wowed? Elliot, what just happened? Oh, man. Is this how Game of Thrones do a bottle episode? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh, really impressed with this one. Like, I got to admit, like, I don't think it'll end up being one of my favorite episodes, mm. but I really appreciate what they went for here by telling a single story. And I got to say, in contrast to the rest of the episodes I've seen, it was just a really refreshing change of pace. And I don't think they at all failed at that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those of you playing at home, this is the one where the wildlings finally attack the wall and that's it. So unlike a lot of episodes of Game of Thrones, which jumps between, you know, 40 different characters and 10 different settings, it was just Castle Black and the wall and the wildlings and that's it. And yeah, very refreshing to have that absolute focus on the one part. So, yeah. Yeah. And again, really makes the longest night so much worse in contrast because they're essentially going for the same thing. But yeah, like, it is literally the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's fighting in cold and dark and wind, and yet we could see what was going on. Yeah, and... You know, again, I I don't want to oversell it because I think this is like episode is like a solid 8 or 9 out of 10. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it, it worked with the elements of those uh, night and snow and fire really well and beautifully. Yeah, there are bits where there's just flaming barrels there and I don't know why they're there, but it works because like, it lights up the area. It like, gives you a dynamic of the orange against the greys and blues and... I can see what's going on. There's yeah. a great little bit early on where they do this kind of overhead shot pan from like the small raiding party that's going to attack the Castle Black from the south. They pan over, pan over Castle Black, over the wall, and then over to the majority forces in the uh, north. And mm. it's like, I understand the geography of this scene now. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, the camera movements in this episode, I'm mm. going to be gushing over those. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. But first, we must ask our first question, well, actually, which is our second question, because <laughs> I got the listing wrong. Uh, what is your MVP for this episode? Man, Jon Snow is normally, like, just such a beige character in my eyes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And even though, oh, he's the best swordsman and everyone yep. loves him and all that shit, like, he is still just kind of a blank slate of a character, mm. just... All I really get ever from him is, he's awesome. But I thought him and Samwise were doing a lot of heavy lifting, so it's oh, got to yeah. be a, a split uh, MVP between those two. They have to share it. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I'm going to give it to Samwise or Sam from another series because mm. he just kills this entire episode. But no, I think you're right. The opening where they're standing on the wall and they're all just kind of preparing for it and it's just Sam like... So what was she like, you know? And uh, he's all like, oh, well, she had red hair. It's like, oh, well, what size were her feet? Is that what you think I'm fucking saying? It was this, <laughs> but there's this great little back and forth of, you know, so I know you had the sex. Yeah. Well, what was that like? Because, you know, he's even got a thing about, you know, we're all going to die. Maybe this is a ch my, your, my, you might be my only avenue into what this was like. Yeah. And uh, it's a really... I like the humanization of that moment because, you know, even though these are bold warriors standing on the premises of battle, they've also, you know, well, until recently, John was a virgin and we know Sam definitely is. Yeah, so that puts an extra wrinkle into the sex scene that we saw with Sam. Why <laughs> 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 that? He lost his virginity in that moment. Yeah, exactly. So that's when he's, ooh. 
<laughs> oh, that's what ladies are like. Right, rather the pleasant, quite frankly. Pip, pip. <laughs> but yeah, humanizing is right, and especially with John, like trying to find the words. There's a two people, and you're becoming one. And for one moment, you. Oh, I'm not a bleeding poet. Yeah, he's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many good Sam lines in this one. Like even a good one where it's like they're having that discussion on the wall, and he's like, you know, we might we're all going to die much sooner than I thought. So yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe you could make with the details. No, uh, it's just the way they wove in together in this story was mm. really nice. And especially, yeah, bookending it. So we started out with a little bit of lighthearted humanization yeah. at the start before all the fucking heaviness. And then at the end, they're both just fucking battle drained. <laughs> like, poor Samwise looks like he's going to collapse. <laughs> yeah, and that fatigue really sells through. Yeah, and, and so extending the humanization of their uh, of like their function in the story, that ending mm. as well is... There was a lot of mirroring of what Gilly was asking of Sam as well. Mm. You know, please don't die. <laughs> but whereas Sam Wise had a much more reasonable request of come back. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I do like that. I got a bit of a chuckle out of the please, please promise you won't die. It's very kind of Team America yeah. moment. <laughs> <laughs> if you promise that, I'll make love to you right now. I promise I will never die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, again, coming up to that opening scene, it was very Westeros high. It was very, you know, humanizing. And I do like this kind of through line where Sam is trying to help out this one guy who's really nervous and his hands are shaking when he's trying to load the yeah. arrows into the tar. And, you know, even when the guy gets an arrow through the neck and he's clearly like seconds from death, Sam's like, oh, no, the maester's coming. You're going to be all right. Just trying to comfort him. And it's, yeah, really human. And very. And even then, so it got some great back and forth with the guy shoots a wildling. He's like, I God, like, oh good is it over uh, yeah. no well then keep firing <laughs> no it was he yeah it's nice seeing samwise being able to lead a bit and it's what i really appreciated about this the story of this episode because mm. yeah game of thrones it's an ensemble show you if you usually got to be used to you know seven spinning plates at the one time yeah and to see them do an hour on one story was really just it was just nice yeah very refreshing break of pace to slow down while also not slowing down, because a lot happens. It's a long yeah. battle sequence, but it never felt like, and this battle is still going, blah, 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 because you had all those humanizing moments at the beginning, and then it all ramps up, and all this crazy shit happens, and it kind of slows down a little bit, and then you, then it ends, and it bookends. Well, yeah, it's and it's just got a solid story running all through it, and again, let's shit on The not Longest Night a little mm -hmm. bit more. That had all the elements of having interesting stories and all people's tales all coming together to interweave throughout this epic battle sequence. And mm -hmm. to see them do it with so much less here yeah. is, I mean, it speaks volumes about that epi this episode and not many volumes about the other one. Oh, yeah, but they've... They have so much in common. They're both a single solitary castle that's standing against a much larger army of thousands and thousands against, you know, hundreds. Mm. And yeah, I think that it's a completely apt comparison to, to put the two together and say, this is how it's done. This is where it's yeah. fun and interesting and actually can tell what's going on. Yeah. And again, for when I'm meeting a few new characters for the first time, and I will give a, a honorable mention MVP to Aloy. <laughs> from, oh, right. from yeah, yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn, who's in this in Game of Thrones, uh, apparently. That's, I didn't that's know Ingrid that. for everyone playing at home, but yeah, Aloy is pretty damn accurate. <laughs> like, she had a bow and everything. Like, come on. <laughs> I don't know what came first, but still. This came first, yeah. All right. <laughs> Most definitely. Because uh, this is what, like 2014 or something? Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she had a great little moment. She had this whole speech about wanting to kill Jon Snow, mm. and, you know, we'll get a little bit, little bit more backshadow on that as we go on, but. Um, yeah, and just standing up to this guy who's like a 
head and shoulder taller than her as well is very cool. Yeah, and not wavering at all and just throwing the fucking sexual harassment right back <laughs> in. It's like, oh, you would like a bit of this, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, she's great. And like I said, she and um, Kit Harrington are married in real life now. Oh, she's the that's Mrs. Ingrid. Kit. Ah, yes. there we go. That's romantic, I guess. <laughs> and we get her catchphrase when she's dying. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Ah. So that's my little meme moment in this one. Uh, yeah, look, I'm going to skip ahead to nudity. There was none. none. Uh, the rest of it is going to be talking about violence and fighting. Yep. So let's get on with that. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. There might be a little bit of, not nudity, but discussions where... Tormund is telling this story about he might have fucked a bear. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ingrid's like, you didn't fuck a bear. We know you didn't fuck a bear. And it's like, why is he trying to convince you that he did? <laughs> That's a weird thing to do. Fucking wildlings, man. <laughs> Apparently. He's, I guess. Man, Tormund, what, what, what's, what's your deal? Yes, and I'm just looking through my notes trying to figure out where to go next. Because again, it's all the same thing, but they're all interesting little bits and pieces. How about the giant's arrow that just pegs a guy into the sky that was amazing and then he just Rid- falls down chink, ridiculous the in the middle of the castle black battle below him like <laughs> fun yeah and because a lot of the violence that i've seen so far it's a lot of slicing and dicing mm-hmm. and it's almost like that is in spades in this episode but there are so many interesting uh violent scenes and like ways that they've utilized the different weapons like with yeah bald sexual harassment guy yep. with his accent like they use that in some really creative interesting ways yeah, no, because it's got the reach that John doesn't have with uh, Longclaw, even though it's a long sword, and so he's got to kind of change up his usual fight dynamics, and that whole fight was pretty insane, where, mm. you know, they both lose their weapons, and Baldy sexual harassment just rams his face <laughs> into an anvil, and then John's bleeding, so he spits the blood in his face, and then picks up a hammer and just clonks him, and it's like, ooh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, normally in cartoons, the anvil gets dropped on someone. It's yeah. like, <laughs> nice to see them still, uh, there's still room to grow in anvil-based violence. <laughs> I know, it's, it's like, wow. Anvils just keep going, keep on giving all these years later. The fuck were they actually meant to be used for? Just... They're uh, like smithing. Yeah? They're a hard surface for which to hammer on when uh, you're like blacksmithing things. Oh, okay, fair enough. And so that, yeah, that kind of pointy end is like a curve. That's where you curve like horseshoes around and stuff when you're hammering them. Oh, okay. Yes, anvils. They're useful, but yeah, they're very cartoon based now. And yeah. That's what it is in my brain entirely. Well, you never went to, like, I don't know, like a ye olde town and saw someone using an anvil for realsies? Oh, probably, but I probably had my head in the Game Boy that I brought along because I can't stand not having technology. <laughs> <sighs> just, just history. It's a, a terrible place to live, actually. Um, but no, there was a good little nine somewhere. Let me see. Ah, oh, and just, yeah, ending the scene with fucking Jon Snow just absolutely braining him with a hammer. Yep, hammer time again. <laughs> Yeah. Ah. Always got to stop for hammer time. Oh, he does, actually. Every kind of stops. Like, Ooh. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But uh, getting back to the beginning, where we have this kind of humanization moment, is a bit where uh, Sam for another series has just stopped in the middle of everything to go, go, not in the middle of the fight, obviously, the pre-fight, to go down and kind of study in the library about, you mm. know, because he's lost Gilly at this point and he's worried about what's going to happen to her. And he has this great little back and forth with Eggman, a.k.a. Uh, Armentan. Targaryen. Armin Tanzarian. Yeah. Principal Skinner. I nearly did that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's the maester there, who's blind and has this whole little good back and forth and, you know, he's like, you know, I was young once. Sam's like, really? It's like, so you can, you've seen all the things you've seen. You've seen White Walkers and Giants, yet you can't imagine me as a young man. He's like, yeah, no, fair, fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's got a good line of, uh, make nothing makes the past as sweet a place to visit as the imminent threat of death. And it's such a good, like, downer moment. They have this little intimate back and forth about being in love and yada yada and youth and life. And he's like, yes, we're all probably going to die. 
Yeah. And it feel I love the acting on it as well because it feels like it's leaning into a greater story and then he just stops it dead and it's just like, go the fuck to bed. <laughs> go to bed, Jessica. Pretty much. He's like, oh, I could tell you the color of her eyes and the shape of her nose and all these things, but piss off. <laughs> so he had a little of his own Twilight Zone moment as well. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, oh, I know this library better than anywhere, yeah. but I'm old and I'm blind and there's books everywhere. Fuck me, I guess. Age is ironic. Wop, wop, wop. There was time. There was finally time. Uh, yes, yeah, so we get a bit of someone, one of the bald dudes wagging, which is uh, the first time you've seen someone other than Bran do that, into the owl to be like their eyes. Yeah. Did you kind of pick that up? or? Yeah, so he gets to do owls and Bran got crows. Well, I mean, in theory, Bran can do like any animal. Oh, right. Okay. But he just happens to do crows because it's on Bran. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> got there. Lame. Uh, we see that, you know, both the... Guy who eventually orchestrates the death of Jon Snow and his little helper who gets decapitated later. Uh, all their kind of shenanigans during all this. And Bald Guy is a great little straw man argument because, uh, as you know, George R. R. Martin has kind of admitted, the White Walkers are a bit of a climate change allegory. Oh, right. Uh, and so this is, you know, there's literally, you know, they're on the wall and the guy, Baldy is all like, oh, you know, they're, they're never going to make it through those walls. They're a quarter inch. Thank God. And he's like, there are, you know, Giants riding mammoths down there. He's like, giants aren't real. He's like, you can see them. <laughs> it's just a very, a very tall person. Yeah. Oh god, the denial going on in fucking baldy pee pants over there. Oh yeah. Jesus. <laughs> but again, well played. I, I completely believe his his cowardice and non-belief. So no, no, it's fine. We'll just we don't need to attack. They'll just won't be able to get through the walls. We'll all be dandy. We'll all drink lemonade. Yeah. It's interesting that Curly Joe did put him in charge, but yeah, it does help beef up the story and yeah, mm. makes Jon Snow's taking over the wall and oh man, I really loved the game. Oh, they really need you downstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, definitely need you downstairs. Ooh, yeah, Big yeah. important mission that only baldy pee pants could do. Yeah, they need someone bald downstairs. I guess it would be you. You've got the most experience. Anyway, off you go. <laughs> Don't forget to pee your pants. And then just a big old wink to Jon Snow. Hey, got your back, bro. <laughs> nice. Now let's defend this wall. <laughs> Uh, the little, there was a little brief kitchen fight, which I didn't know if it was supposed to be just guys who work in the kitchen, or if they were meant to also be warriors who just happened to be in the kitchen. But, you know, they throw boiling water on a dude and kill someone <laughs> with a giant cleaver, and it was fun. Oh, man, when he, like, he's carrying the cleaver on his shoulder, and it's like, oh, you know it's going to be good. When are they going to use it? <laughs> oh, immediately, slice. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, don't just cleave meat, but men are made of meat, but also, cle- I'll think of a good line later, stat. <laughs> but it- it's all these moments that really help this episode continue to stay interesting because mm. I was also comparing it a lot to Battle of the Bastards, which I think mm. is the only other time we've really had a big extended scene like that. Because, but still, that was half an episode. Yeah, but I know what you mean. There has there's like these little smaller segments within the larger one that lets you get a you know just a sense of something else happening. It's not mind numbing by having just the same thing over and over. Yeah. And especially with Samwise, yeah, in that scene where he's, yeah, loading the crossbows for the guy who's, you mm. know, keeps being scared. And just, I've only used a training sword before. Yep. And then before when he's like, come on, Ollie, you know, you got to do your part too. <laughs> and about Ollie as well, mm. was there a bit of tension that I missed between him and Snow from then on? Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of back and forth where he kind of takes him under his wing, but then he lets all the free folk in, and Ollie's like, they killed all my family, I'm sad, wow. Uh, and then, yeah, so there's a tension back and forth there, and then he hangs him. Yeah, well, like, I always notice that tension, but, like, having this underlying tension of uh, him 
killing his girlfriend, I guess. I Effectively, yeah. I mean, to be fair, Ollie didn't know. Yeah. Ingrid was pointing an arrow at him. She was obviously hevita- hesitating with emotions. But yeah, just the way that Ollie looked is just such a weird, like, fucking big smile and thumbs up in this horrifying scene. It's yeah. just got your back, bro. I'm Ollie. <laughs> I did good. <laughs> yep. Ah, did so killed her in one. Ah, that's what you'll thank me later, mate. Don't worry. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting that it never directly came up again and it'd be yeah, um, worth a rewatch for me to sort of reframe some of their scenes together with that knowledge in mind. Yeah, I mean, I guess there wasn't really much John could do. He'd be like, ah, oh, you killed someone you were kind of supposed to because she was going to murder me, but yeah. maybe not. But also, you didn't know that. And also, you're like nine. Yep. Oh, fair enough. Yep. Okay, one main thing I do want to call a lot of attention to is there's this great tracking shot that kind of just pans around the entire Castle Black at one point. And I don't know if they actually did this in one continuous shot or if it's just spliced together very cleverly, but it, you get a sense of where every major character is and all these other random little bits and pieces of murder happening around you, and it looks fantastic. And it gives you a sense of just the chaos of it, but with absolute clarity. We've talked before about a lot of... Uh, battle scenes really cutting quickly together and the kind of being confused as what's going on is being a metaphor for the chaos of it whereas this is the almost the exact opposite of that you can see everything that's going on with absolute clarity but the fact that you'll literally put dead center of it all makes it feel all the more chaotic it's like all these parts are happening at once and obviously as a show they can only show you one bit at a time but it's just the idea that everything is happening um, concurrently yeah the way that the camera moves and swings here yeah Mm. like you said there might be some crafty editing where they've done some like quicker movements and done like hid some cuts with some blurs or something but yeah for my money that did look like one continuous shot that was yeah right at the height of the tension and yeah i was just thinking the way that this episode uh is really well edited as well Mm. and i yeah uh, another feather in the cap of like it's just all the scenes are interesting unto themselves. Yeah. And they've all got something different going on. And, like, how many ways can you shoot a battle? This episode's got a few ideas for you. For sure. Yeah, I think it's usually the mark of a a good product where if you really need to pee at the beginning and you're waiting for (laughs) that scene where you can walk away, this one probably has a couple, but not many. Like, there's maybe one bit where they send six dudes down to the uh, main uh, tunnel to protect the gate, and one of them is freaking out a bunch, and they just start reciting the Night's Watch pledge, and it's a little cheesy, but it works. Yeah, but it's that's maybe the weakest part of this episode, and even then, it's not a not long and b not bad. It's just a little little cheesy. Yeah, but I mean, it was dumb. It's like, well, back up, cunts. You know, you're clearly going to get smashed by the wood when yeah. Mister Giant bust bust through. But so, like, what happened with the giant there? Did he just like fuck him up and then retreat? Uh, well, it's not really clear. They do that kind of. He collides with the gate, and then they cut, and then we find out later that you know they all died. Yeah. Presumably, I guess the giant didn't knock it down because the way the gates ripped open, it clearly didn't. He clearly didn't break it down to that one charge. Oh right. So he was standing there trying to rip it open, and they were probably just stabbing him through as best they could, and yeah. Uh, then they all died. I guess. Oh, cool. That's, yeah, that's that my assumption sense. from it. Uh, just from the way their bodies are kind of arranged, but you only kind of briefly get it. But yeah. it feels like that feels satisfactory to me. Yeah. Oh, I didn't not like, but I, it did kind of feel like a bit left out because uh, assuming that was his daddy giant mm. and also the Mastodon, we get another guest appearance from Mastodon in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, having them die, you know, it felt like he didn't get his redemption for that. 
And especially given the events later on, I feel bad for Giant Dude. Yeah, Giants have it rough in this show, but uh, they're but it, still awesome. They get it, to ride mammoths, it's dope. Yeah, it was nice because, yeah, I've called him Sweetums because he kind of resembles that big Muppet, mm-hmm. Sweetums. Yeah, it was nice to see Sweetums riding Snuffleupagus. <laughs> Into battle! <laughs> As things should be. Uh, man, I have another Recite bit. <laughs> Can you tell me how to get... Anyway. How to get to Sesame Street! <laughs> Yeah, I'm on board. You go be on the wall. There are a couple of rousing speeches in this, but uh, yeah, mm. the, the the main, the current leader of the Night's Watch, whatever his name is, I don't know that guy. Oh, Curly Joe. Yeah, Curly Joe. Didn't I- like his speech, but I I feel like that was intentional. He's all like, ah, it's stood, and we're not going to fall tonight. Uh, are you with me, men? Men, are you with me? And it's like, yeah, pretty pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked his acting in this, and mm. I appreciated the speech. You know, uh, a leader. You've got every little cunt second guessing you, but yeah. the second your leader second guesses himself, so you're fucked. And yeah. so that really fed his confidence later on, and especially when that mm. one dude fucked up by uh, having the barrel drop. And he's like, mm. Did I say drop the barrel? No, I said hold. Yeah. Are you going to hold? Are we together? All right, that's good to know. Like, it was such a weird way to <laughs> end that uh, big rousing speech. All right, I am pleased to have that information. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> right, moving on. Anyway, yeah. like, so yeah, I really enjoyed him commanding the scenes and mm. all of his fighting. I thought, yeah, Curly Joe, whatever your name is in real life or in this show, right. yeah, well done. Does a good job. And yeah, I do agree with his whole, you know, being a leader means you can't second guess yourself because everyone else is going to, yeah. and you have to lead by, you know, going, pressing forward. And yeah, it's a good bit. And it explains his character for the rest of it, who, you know, decides to portray Jon Snow and he stands by that, even though it clearly didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. But while we're here as well, talking about some of the wall defences, mm-hmm. uh, I loved uh, that they're doing a throwback to Donkey Kong in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Which bit? Barrels? Yep. Exploding barrels? Yeah. Anyway. The wildlings should have jumped, man. Yeah, it's true. Especially when that massive, like, anchor scythe just goes across the wall. The goddamn scythe! He goes and, you know, drop the scythe, and I'm like, the scythe? Yeah, what's the scythe? Oh, the oh. scythe. It just fucking sprays body all over the wall. Yeah, what I like about this is it's completely impractical, but thoroughly awesome. Yes. Like, it gets maybe six dudes, and it's like, that's a massive anchor. It would have taken so long to set that up. It's been frozen into the wall, so you would have had to just wait patiently for the one day you get to use it. Yeah, it's not really the great one-hit, uh, like, ultimate destruction weapon that you've been saving up for the final bit of the boss fight where you've only got a little bit of health left, yeah. and it's your only way out. No, this will... Uh, clear as many dudes as arrows did <laughs> like yeah no. and i do quite like the bit uh where they've kind of got some guys tethered to the wall who are kind of leaning over eight shooting down mm. that was like that makes a lot of sense this would be how you would do this it would be because that would give you the absolute advantage against all the guys trying to climb up yeah a, a creative use of that that probably existed and then also led to more creative ways for people to die it's yeah. just <laughs> i think i think if you're sitting down to, to make an episode like this you're like okay what are some creative ways for people to die? Yeah, we have a big wall, people are defending it, what you got? Yeah, someone's <laughs> like, uh, leaning over shitty arrows, I like it. What about a real big scythe? That's dumb, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> How would it work? Well, you know, like a windscreen wiper. Yep. In. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in the episode. Um, yeah, more violence, I suppose. Yeah, well, I mean, that's all we got on this one. And I actually got a little bit of uh, emotions where... What do we oh, got yeah. here? 
Oh, yeah, there's a great bit where Gilly makes her way to the Castle Black entrance, and uh, Sam just runs, you know, she she's met the guy at the mm. door who's like, no, you can't come in, you're a woman. And Sam runs on, he's just like, open the fucking gate! <laughs> like, you I never swear. Well, get used to it. I'm a tough man now. <laughs> I know, like, and he brings her in, he kind of holds her, and he's like, from now on, where you go, I go too. And then they walk off together, and the guy who was mm. manning the door kind of gives Sam this look of, now there goes a man. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was beautiful. I need to ask him later what it's like. <laughs> I know, just yeah, that's how you that that's how you manhood. Nice. <laughs> was Jon Snow frustrated when Samwise pointed out the particulars of the wording of <laughs> you know, we must not have wives, we must must yeah, not no, bear children. I, I really like this. It was like, well, you know, technically there's nothing in our vows that says we can't do that sort of thing with ladies. It yeah. says I shall take no uh, fa- father no children and I shall take Not no t- wife. But yeah. technically, it doesn't say you can't do things. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, uh, you probably... Yeah, you'd think John would be a little more into it given that he'd broken that vow if he was the one taking it so seriously. It'd be, uh, yeah, if I was him, I'd just be like, huh. D- dudes, Fuck! Dude, <laughs> go tell everyone they'll fight so hard if they know they can get laid afterwards. <laughs> yeah. No, that was, um, yeah. I enjoyed their back and forth so much. Yeah. Um, the only other note I've got about this episode is the music. Mm-hmm. I really liked the rousing, real bottom end horns that were happening as the wildlings were charging. Yeah. It just had this really eeriness to it, but it was also, like, I loved the over the top, like, kind of movie trailerness of it as well. Like, mm-hmm. just a boar. For sure. Um, and at the end, like, uh, they had, like, a little bit of a reprise of that, but it felt like a bit of the For Whom the Bell Tolls riff, you know? Like, it was sort of, yeah, using that low-end chromaticism just forewarning. Oh, my God, it was glorious. Yeah, and I'm, I, that works well for the White Walkers as well because, you know, war horns and they're all about crafting things that are, you know, uh, the, the things they kill so they would have war horns and battle cries and stuff like that makes sense and it fits it's real good mm. I'm just having to having a quick look to see if I've got any other notes um, yeah I like the really the bit at the end where John's like I'm gonna go out and find Mount's Raid and try to talk to him and then maybe try and kill him and he'll kill me too but and Sam's like well that's that's a bit stupid how about you don't do that he's like I oh, know it's a bad plan what's your plan like yeah yeah fair <laughs> but it is still like such an easy argument to use I'm going to go put my penis in a wood chipper and then uh, I'm going to eat some raw chicken as well that's a bad plan what's your plan not doing those things <laughs> Yeah, it's not a the get out of jail free card. I think he thinks it is. Yeah, yeah, true. It's still like, when the opposite, when the best alternative plan is to just not do that. Yeah, you, you're kind of at a stalemate at the very least. Um, but yeah, I think that puts me out of notes. Other than just one that just says I stab. I stab. Oh I, my god! I looked down to yeah. make a note and looked up. This guy's guy's is getting shanked in the eye, and it's like a real of all the violence up until that point had been kind of at range and largely bloodless. Like people get hit by arrows, they fall down, yeah. and then it's just this all this welling blood as this dude gets shanked in the eye. Yeah, it's amazing. Like there's so many <clears throat> notes that in any other episode I'd pull focus on, but because there is a lot of violence, it is sort of hard to remember all the m- more you know memorable the, scenes because there is just so much of it, but. In that as well, I don't think it ever wavered. I don't think it ever got boring. This was nah. such a fun watch. For sure. Um, yes, that puts me out of notes. How about you? Yeah, I'm done. Okay, well, then we must uh, must ask our final question. How did we get here? Oh, well, a little birdie told me before it got eaten by a snake that this uh, the next episode will be called The Mountain of the Viper. 
Ooh, I know what happens in this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're going back to the Sand Vipers and, yeah, meeting up with those those sassy women. Mm, yes, well, those of you out there who knows what, what Mountain and Viper means, uh, get, look forward to that one. But until then... Wait, was right. it the Mountain of the... Oh, the Mountain and the Viper. Sorry, excuse yeah. me. It's all right. No, it's all right. <laughs> but until then, that's been Elliot J. O'Neill. Goodbye. And I've been BT Calloway, and for now, our watch has ended.